back in the Newman Business Flexible Workspace. Which you I'm sounded a bit robotic there. Good morning or good afternoon. Yes, good morning. morning. This is the robotic Bromley Buzz recording automatically using advanced AI and other robotic techniques. <laughs> anyway, my name is Darren Weir with Intune PR and I am with... Zinat Narani of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. Yeah, and we're bringing you the Bromley Buzz without any particular robotic na- nature at all, in fact. Absolutely. We're going to be really sensible today. <laughs> oh, that was a nice little puff. <laughs> anyway, you can find the Bromley Buzz also on Channel Radio every Monday. Yeah, that's right, in the mornings. Um, right, let's get straight into it today. Yes, um, let's do. Yeah, what's got us excited this week? Well, I'm going to let you come up with this <laughs> word because it occupied most of last week's broadcast before we actually did it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it is a joint buzz, but I think I'm probably on a more of a buzz high. And that was, uh, we have interviewed Kevin Clifton. That was definitely the buzz for me. Kevin Clifton is going to be in Bromley, a Churchill Theatre on the 6th of February. Um, on Burn the Floor, uh, well over 50 now. Well over 50, no, that's not him being well over no, 50. No, that's not. Uh, he's fact, a gothic. He stated explicitly that he was uh, 39, I think. I know, he's such a baby next mm. to me. Anyway, so no, that was no. a real buzz, honestly, interviewing him. And I'm looking forward to actually re-interviewing him, but on the mental health and well-being side of um, his career, because as you can t- um, you know, listen on the buzz that... Uh, Kevin has suffered from anxiety, and um, he would be that quiet one in the corner, the introvert, which a lot of people, when you think of artists, Mm. they're extroverts, so that's not always true. Yeah, there's a lot of famous people, including in comedy, who go on stage, entertain people, and they go off and they're depressed or... um, you know, unsociable but, off it. But can I throw something else in there in terms of, um, since uh, we're talking no. about Kevin Clifton? No, I'm going to explain an earlier remark first. Um, you referred to the oh. um, over 50 bit. <laughs> um, the over 50 bit, actually, I, I was looking at how many people we've interviewed since yep. we started the podcast, and we have gone well over 50. Uh, and now you can go on to what you were going to say. Yeah, so since we're talking about Kevin Clifton, Brendan from Strictly Come Dancing is now in Dancing on Ice and that is my buzz it started yesterday at 6 30 so it's going to be there every Sunday for the next I think four to six weeks on us on Sunday evening Dancing on Ice Jane Torval and Dean did you see his level of initial um, skating prowess yesterday I know but I I didn't see it oh did you not see it oh it was absolutely fantastic Mm. um he was wobbly on the ice and he couldn't understand why having all the dancing skills but like they explained um, that, you know, and the way that um, it was explained in terms of you could be good at one type of dance doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at another type of dance. It, it is different. You'll have the ability. But um, he did really, really well. Incredible. And he, I think him and Vanessa to watch out for, as well as, um, God, her name's gone past, the one from uh, Pussycat Dolls. Okay. She's in there. Not um, the one with the blonde hair. Oh, I've forgotten it. It's just literally. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't make it. There. But anyway, um, she was good. Her lines were mm. incredible. So yeah, watch watch the space. Even Kyle, Kyle, the BMX um, champion. 
I'd been wondering uh, what little clip out of the Kevin Clifton interview to put into this show, because we had one in the, the last weekly show. We've released this as a special, and mm. uh, thank you, Kevin, for retweeting us. That was rather good. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to um, put in the bit where he's talking about um, his ice skating prowess and your question to him about yeah. appearing in it. I know, so definitely. back over to Kevin now. We had James Jordan on um, Dancing on Ice. Would you ever think about doing Dancing on Ice or bringing Burn the Floor to uh, the ice? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen me on ice. I um, <laughs> I um, went ice skating with Stacey just before Christmas and um, she was she could do it. I am. I'm the guy that needs a penguin um, that it is hanging on to the outside trying to, she was trying to teach me how to do it. I posted a little clip on my Instagram where like, she's trying to show me what to do. And I'm literally like, I'm, I'm sort of like a robot. We're picking oh, my feet. Nice. I just, I can't seem to, I can't seem to make it work. I don't know why. So I very much doubt that will ever happen. Me doing dancing on ice. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So if you can dance, can you ice skate? You've got the skills and the posture and you've got the rhythm. Yeah, and performance-wise, I suppose, but just, just that, that little detail of being able to stand up on ice. <laughs> right, there we go. That, that was a, a bit of uh, additional um, Kevin Clifton there. Right, on to our other buzzes. Yes, what was your buzz? I went to Colchester Zoo, not exactly Bromley, admittedly, and full of tigers and a, a very active sloth, actually, almost um, contradicted the name. It was whizzing around so much. Mm. Uh, and this was one of my daughter's birthdays, and we went to the Taj restaurant in Orpington afterwards, which is a bit of a favourite of mine, it has to be said. And one of the, well, two of the reasons why, it had a, a new dish new to me anyway they told me it'd only been going a few months uh, mm. chot potty thing let me just uh, get their menu as dazzle walks away so see, he's grabbing so see, the menu painting, painting <laughs> the uh, but this restaurant actually typifies an awful lot of the ones in bromley because it's been mm. there for 29 years um, and there's a lot of long-standing Indian restaurants that have been feeding people around here. The Taj, is that anything connected to, or is that not called the Taj, the one in Bromley on Widmore Road? No, I think it's separate. It's um, separate. This one's near, near, near the Priory Gardens where ah. me and Cheryl Ross Collins got shut in the park, back uh, <laughs> in a lockdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on their, their chef's recommendations, Taj special chopped potty, mixed kebab, which just sounds awful, Chicken tikka, lamb tikka, sheet kebab cooked in a very rich sauce and medium hot. Very nice, very saucy. Is that what you had? That's what I had. Mmm. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, my favourite ever Indian dish is also a chopped potty, but that's uh, a garlic one from the Monsoon okay. restaurant in Brick Lane. So where does this chopped potty come from? Or is well, it an English version or an English name given to something so that we would understand? Because, to be honest, a lot of the dishes, the names are have been changed so the British would understand it and it's also for their taste buds because as we know India is full of different parts and their dishes are so wide and widely spread. Half the dishes on here we don't do in uh, my parents culture and with the completely different names. It's interesting isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean some are bit like the Coronation Chicken, which was, yeah. I think was done for Queen Victoria, wasn't it? It was. Or the Vindaloo. Vindaloo doesn't exist in India. Sorry, every time I hear Vindaloo, I think of Jay Sahota and his Vindaloo um, sales pitch. 
And the Dolly Parton thing. Anyway, we're not going to go there. <laughs> Jason Luther, uh, solicitor. Solicitor, that's Bromley. right. But not Bromley based. Not Bromley based. Yeah. Right, what else in terms of buzzes do we have? Well, it's your turn. We, we Is it my turn? To, to okay. Um, so as I said... My huge buzz, which will be my Saturday nights in, is Dancing on Ice. So that's definitely my buzz. But what I had was another great buzz. I was teaching in a school this week, a supply teaching, and they had a workshop. And the gentleman that came in is a football player, Danny Mills. Danny Mills um, is the striker for Dulwich Hamlet. Um, it was so lovely to talk to him. So he came in to t- um, talk to children about racism. And it's a charitable organisation called Show Racism Red Card. Now, Show Racism the Red Card, S-R-T-R-C, is the UK's leading anti-racism educational charity. It was established in January 1996 thanks in part to a donation by the Newcastle United goalkeeper, Shaka Hislop. So he's the one that actually uh, helped and started this. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit more. So in the 1990s, Newcastle Shaka was at a petrol station. So this is what it's based on, mm. near St. James's Park, when he was confronted with a group of young people shouting racist abuses at him. After one of the group realised that they had been shouting at Shaka Hisplop. Sorry, apologies if I'm pronouncing it wrong. No, you got it right. Uh, Did I get it right? Mm. The Newcastle United football player, they came over to ask for an autograph. So they were shouting racist comments, not knowing who he was, regardless. But then when they found out who he was, they were then asking him for his autograph. One would suggest that's a tad hypocritical. (laughs) Absolutely. So it was from this experience that Shaka realised that he could harness his status as a professional footballer or professional player to make a difference. Coupled with the power of football and his status as a role model, Shaka thought education could be an effective strategy in challenging racism in society. So this is what they do. So the red card, uh, the show Racism Red Card charity goes around to schools talking about racism. And this workshop that um, that Danny Mills delivered was absolutely fantastic it was amazing uh, the children were engaged uh, they were asking such really interesting questions and this happens everywhere and also it was amazing to see the myths that they had around racism and that they thought racism was just whites and blacks but it's a lot more than that mm. So that was really interesting. I could go on about this because, you know, as you know, it leads to mental health and I'm passionate about the educational sector and educating children, but I'm going to stop there. So thank you, Danny Mills. It was a pleasure to meet you. And it's amazing what the show Racism Red Card are doing. Do you remember we uh, did a bit of an interview with Karina Lepore, former Mm. apprentice Mm. um, winner? Um, Yeah, she was... Uh, on our show previously Uh, and uh, likewise the apprentice is back and the reason this slightly connects to what you've just been talking about is because this week's episode of the apprentice um, they have been designing uh, toothbrushes Uh, and uh, this week for the second week running the men uh, came up with an object that was compared to 
Um, sorry about all right, something brown that comes from, from a bottom end of people. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> I don't like the words for it. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, they had a, a focus group of children in that uh, show. And by heck, they were asking very pertinent questions. And they were sort of sitting back like mini moguls and saying, well, you know, this doesn't quite do it for me. <laughs> like this, so, so children can be great like that. They can be. Um, sorry, can I just quickly throw something in here? Because this applies to the whole of England. So wherever this podcast goes out to, um, you're reaching out. So the show Racism, the Red Card, they are holding a competition. Hashtag School Comp 2022 or 22. Entering the SRTRC school competition is free and open to all ages. We want young people to think about what racism means to them. Entries can be a piece of artwork, poem or a piece of writing. So register your school or even yourself by email info at the RE, so it's red, sorry, info at theredcard.org by 4th of March. Oh, okay. Plenty of time for people listening to this too. Absolutely. And I think that's really important because this is, this is for everywhere and you can just be as creative as you want to show what that means to you. Well, I'm going to move on to another area of sports for the next bus because I went up to uh, Norman Park mm. uh, last week and that is an athletics track yes. uh, off Hayes Lane in, in more or less central Bromley. Uh, and it's a home of Blackheath and Bromley Harriers um, Athletics Club, uh, which was founded in 1869. So that, wow. that's a, okay. an old club with some significant people having been through there. Mm. Now, why was that a buzz? Um, well, connecting to one thing you were just saying, mm. uh, it's a place where Dina Asher Smith trains, mm. um, and she is a massively great role model. Absolutely. Uh, so love her, mm. and. On the day, unlike today when it's freezing and not so great outside. It's not so freezing. Uh, I'm just being a bit moany about, about Are it. Are you having a blue Monday? Because it is the 17th of January and today is a blue Monday. Oh, thank you for the explanation. Uh, <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, this day it was absolutely beautiful weather. And even though it's kind of concealed behind the roads up there. And it's a very gentle little barely noticeable bowl surrounded by, mm. by parkland there and it was just a, a really lovely place in the sun I took some nice pictures put a couple on the, our Instagram and I saw athletes training mm. and running past me faster than I could ever imagine going frankly so you yeah. didn't want to challenge them and go see if you no, could go faster I, what I did do was walk around <laughs> the whole of the track on the track which had been greased by the feet and the spikes of tons of um, people far better than me in the past mm-hmm. and I had a run on it as well oh fantastic yeah, that's a real we're, buzz we're, we're talking about a run very clothed fully jacketed up and uh, with a, a bag in my hand actually I had the podcast kit <laughs> in my hand you always have a bag in your hand yeah, do you think I can actually persuade one of the athletes to um, do 100 metres whilst podcasting? <laughs> hundred metres. I think that's metres. a challenge why not we yeah. could do that for charity Actually, and, and that's something, um, we're thinking about uh, events, mm. we could have a race. The only trouble was, and this is a terrible admission, when I was at school and I did, a, I can't remember if it was 400 or 800 metres, and I fear it was four, uh, they actually had to stop one of the races to let me finish when I was in. 
Right, moving swiftly on. Mm. Um, <laughs> interesting. No, but definitely, I think that's a good idea. Mm. You know what you were talking about, um, Norm Park, and a bit of the history? Well, I, not, I haven't had the buzz yet, but I'm looking forward to this buzz next week. Um, the buzz is that I'm looking forward to going down to Chiselhurst uh, Rotary Club on mm. the 24th. And there's going to be a speaker there talking about the history of Chiselhurst. Mm, that'd be good. So that's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm going to try and get some interviews and clips from there for our Bromley Buzz. I like Chislehurst. It's a very nice place. I love Chislehurst. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few of my favourite houses down there. My dream home. That I can well imagine. Um, would you go in the... Because I'm not sure we've been in it together yet. We thought, thought about it ages ago. The pit stop, the uh, florists and... No, we haven't. Pub. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, but we've been in there and uh, remarked about how dog-friendly it is in, in the past. Now, Indeed. Um, You've got a buzz that you haven't mentioned yet. I've got a, Tell I've us about it. BBC Radio. Oh, that one. Uh, well, I didn't mention it in the last show. You because did. Because it was coming up. And a bit like Kevin Clifton, you don't actually... Uh, be absolutely certain it's going to turn up and happen until mm. it does. Um, Eddie Nestor's show, uh, a trends at 12-ish slot. Mm. On this day, slightly compressed by the fact that uh, Boris Johnson was having a hard time in Parliament and mm. uh, having to speak, so I had less time than usual. Nevertheless, I got to talk about good things in uh, Bromley on air for a few minutes on BBC Radio London, which I'm very grateful. It was, it was good to do. Yeah, and you know what? It gave me a buzz listening to you. Ah, thank you. Uh, and, and he's still on BBC Sounds uh, for a little while yet, and we've shared the link before as well. Absolutely. Now, something which um, uh, is should have been top of my list of things to talk about, on account <laughs> of the fact it's a post-topper. We've spoken about these from time to time. But uh, Off Court Road, near Goddington Park, where uh, Orpington Football Club, who we've had on the show before, uh, do their thing, near... Westcombe Rugby Club, who mm. uh, we are going to have on the show too, not been talking to them. Um, yeah, there's another post box, one of the old-fashioned uh, round ones, with a new post topper on it. I had a beautiful one at Christmas, but that oh, lovely! And now it's got one with literally the numbers 2022 knitted on top of it, uh, mm. and on there, so any passing driver can <laughs> get distracted and look at this thing. Uh, they're just beautiful. They, they go up there anonymously. I was speaking to someone the other day and they say, oh, yes, I know, there's a lot of them in Stevenage. Okay. Wow. Do you know what? I think things like that are so beautiful um, and people do that without wanting anything back. It's just to be part of the community, to spread the love, to spread the joy. And I think that is absolutely wonderful um, to see. Because sometimes when you walk down the streets, it's a bit... And it kind of brightens it up. I mean, just this morning when I was walking down to um, Newman Flexible Workspace, uh, I know it's been the weekend, but still, uh, there's the bus stop just around the corner. The bins were completely overflown, and there was rubbish on the floor. I mean, it, we're not moaning about it, oh, but I it's a real shame. I know, it's such a real shame that um, the bins aren't getting cleared on time, or people think, okay, it's overflown, let me take my rubbish home. But anyway, we're not we're not moaning, we're buzzing, aren't we? On, on a happier note, I did pass, uh, I think, not far from Bromley Little, Little Theatre, uh, one of those snowmen again. Uh, the ones oh, that, they're still um, up, are they? Put out Brilliant. Their art installations. Mm. They're only up, I think, for a few more days, yeah. but they're, they're fun things to see. Um, they are. Here. There's one that I really particularly like, mm. which is by uh, Bromley North Station. 
yeah. Right by the big sign. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what the snowman design is? Uh, something with ice skating? Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> How could you guess? Um, do you know what? We, we both had kind of a buzz this week as well, um, going to the uh, mayor's dinner. Yes, we did indeed. The Bromley mayor's dinner. Mm. That was a nice um, evening out. It was, in the Ming restaurant in Pexwood, as it happens. It was. Yeah. Um, I, the, the mayor has various things going on. and mm. uh, Just do take a look at or Google uh, for the mayor's newsletter, which I've quoted for, uh, from before on this show, and indeed when I was doing the BBC Radio London thing, talked about the 100-year-old Polish lady mm. and her wartime past, which is yes. just do you uh, know, fascinating. It'll be amazing if we can get her on the show. Yeah. I think we'll have to make an inquiry of the care home. Absolutely. Now then, one more buzz I can think of. We appeared and spoke about what we're doing here with the Bromley Buzz, connecting people up in Bromley, uh, at the Bromley Economic Partnership meeting mm. in the last few days. Now, that just means that some people who are councillors and other stakeholders in Bromley are taking us... Just stakeholders, got it. Take me back when I was in civil service. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> People in positions of authority, that'll have to do. But uh, it's nice to be taken seriously and heard about what we're doing. And we made some more connections and some people who are going to share what we're doing through their publications, from the Chamber Excellent. of Commerce through to Community Links uh, and others. So, yeah. great. Fantastic. What I'm really looking forward to is the... Um project that they've got for the Churchill Theatre, the facades that they're going to be doing to illuminate it better and have it so it advertises things because it's, when you're coming from Bromley South you see, I think it's the, the, the east side or the west side I'm not too sure now, I have to get my directions right and then you've got the front and I think it'll look absolutely wonderful mm. if that happens I didn't know that was going on Yeah and they're thinking of doing a whole planting of trees as well I'm all for a few trees mm, Absolutely, we need greener Green, yeah. the better. Which reminds me, we must get round to our environmental special and invite Parisia Wright uh, yes. onto, onto here, who is to do with green things, which I can't remember the name of, uh, up in the north end of the borough. Mm. Um, right, now it's time for... There we go, I don't, don't normally have uh, thumping things during the show, but there we are. Mm. Sounds a bit dodgy. regular affirmation or empowering question from your book on Amazon which we haven't mentioned for about three weeks, it's yes. overdue. Begin each day with positive affirmations and empowering questions. Though it has to be more of a soft introduction, not a banging. All right, I'll do the bang, some more banging at the end then. <laughs> I'll bang you out. Bang away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the affirmation this week that I would like to share is, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, I could be very rude at this point. Well, you didn't go into your thoughts. No, because it made me think of something... <laughs> That, right, when I've been doing um, music interviewing mm. um, for Blues in Britain, Blues Matters magazine, these sorts of things, a bit of journalism, uh, I spoke to an American touring artist called Michael Caton from Hell in Michigan. And he looks like Ron Perlman out of Hellboy, so it's a heck of a bunch of coincidences. And, uh, but he's a really, really good blues rock performer, lo love him. And I asked him that very question, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, and he said, wait the, <coughs> it's sort of expletive here, up. Huh? Like, wow. <laughs> I said, no, it's actually, what advice would you give your youngest? <coughs> wait the, <coughs> up again, he said. And mm. oddly enough, um, I kind of get what he's talking about with the value of experience. There is no doubt that what you get taught by life 
uh, can, to a certain extent, when you're looking at yourself as a teenager, mm. literally lead to the question, wake thee something or other up. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, I think that's a really good question to ask yourself when you're at a point where you, you're not moving forward or you're struggling with something. It's, you know, time for reflection. Because at the end of the day, the advice that you would give your younger self would be what you should be or should try and give yourself as an adult. So it's about being kinder or think about, you know, if you were a child, how would you ask that child to move forward? Putting yourself in the shoes of a child. I mean, for me, obviously mine's not not these (coughs) words, but for me, I think the advice I would give myself would be, or would have been, but I still need to, I think, is believe in myself even more that I can achieve whatever my heart desires. Because I do, but I don't tell myself that enough. Hmm. To be confident enough to take the risks. I can give, follow give my you gut. A, I can give you a... Yeah, I'm reading um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, I think it is. Oh, yes. At the moment, yeah, and he's literally book. going for a bit of talking about that. Mm. Now, there's a TV show called Mock the Week. Mm. And I heard a talk by one of the, or the producer of that show, who is a uh, graduate, if that's the right word, from the Eustace Wood School for Girls in Bromley. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she was talking at the school, because one of my daughters was going there at the time. And her big lesson uh, was, don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough. Yeah. Uh, and that, that links to that as well. Mm. And I do think one of the reasons for the existence of mindset and well-being coaches such as yourself is, mm. as when you're a, a teenager, the, the wake the <clears throat> up question mm. is about going outside of yourself. Yes. And you can go outside of yourself now as an adult, but it's easy when you've got someone else to talk to and they can challenge mm. you. Right, that, enough of, enough but of as a child, you can, you know, you're, mm. you don't have too many of those restrictions of, you know, as adults, we're thinking about so many more consequences where children have a limit. Anyway, like you said, let's move on. Well, there is, to... uh, as you've reflected in your uh, Mindset Matters show on Channel Radio, uh, a big issue around mm. uh, mental health and uh, young people yep. and suicide rates and all mm. that kind of thing. Uh, and when I grew up, I didn't have the fact that I would be ending up in thousands of pounds of debt thanks to student mm. loans. The children of today do. I would find that really draining on my mentality for life, mm. uh, and I think that was a, a a really not good thing to do to people. Exactly. Whereas having opportunities to go to our local athletics clubs most certainly is, and that enables me to bring in the interview with uh, Blackheath and Bromley Harriers from Norman Park, which we're going to do right now. Well, this is um, Bromley uh, and. Uh, on a beautiful day in the winter, and I'm with Nick Corrie, who's president of the Blackheath and Bromley Harriers Athletics Club, and we're at Norman Park. We are, down. We're looking in blazing winter sunshine um, across the field at Norman Park. We've got the track in front of us. We've set up on the back straight, so we're near where the pole vault takes place. We have a very good pole vault squad um, that's growing in numbers. Um, over in front of us we can see the steeplechase barrier coming round past the shot put area. 
and then over the far side and you may hear them break into song at some point we have all the development going on because we're building a new uh, community center down here um, at the track um, and that's a very big change for the club and an exciting change um, but also a big challenge it's been seven years in the making um, and then as we come round the track we've got the, the, the full sort of 100 meter stretch going down to where the high jump area is and then last of all we can see the cage uh, where we have the long throws so things like the discus and the hammer and that's where the sun is coming from absolutely beating down on us um, you're really seeing Norman Park at its best if not a little bit muddy so we, I don't know how much moving moving will do but it's a little bit muddy around the track but we'll see we're in we're certainly in the best trained area Yes, and in front of us we have a covered space. Yes, well that, so this is what's protecting our pole vault. Um, so we have to slide that back. You can see the runners that are in the ground here. Um, so you get sort of uh, four or five people in front of that. You open up the doors uh, and that protects the mat and then you just slide it back over the mat. Um, and then we're ready to go once the stands are put up. Um, and it really is a wonderful feature of the, of the matches that we have at, at Norman Park that we're able to have a pole vault area because not every track has one. Um, certainly we're looking at um, a match in April against the Channel Islands. Uh, we're going to be competing against Jersey and Guernsey. Very excited about this. It's going to be really great. Um, and one of the question marks would be if we went to Guernsey, then they wouldn't have a pole vault uh, area, but Jersey does. So we were praying that Jersey put their hand up, which they did. So that's, that's all okay. So we're going to be able to showcase our athletes doing that. Well, one of the fascinating things about this area and, and there are there are many uh, is this is a very historic site isn't it uh, or a very historic club to be more precise I think yes uh, you go back to what year so we were founded um, in 1869 so we've recently had the 150th um, anniversary um, the club actually started out in Peckham um, it moved from Peckham uh, to Blackheath and then, uh, as you pointed out to me, actually, 150 years ago, we moved to this area. Um, you know, that was an interesting move because of the advent of the stretch of the railways, the reach of the railways. Um, because if you can imagine at that time, there was so much development going on in central London. There were big changes. So we, we, one of our headquarters was the Green Man on Blackheath. And that was a large pub um, on the edge of, of, of Blackheath Common. Um, that was a coaching stop on the way from Dover to central London. And then, of course, when the railways came along, that coaching stopped, that stagecoach uh, action, and there was less passing traffic through there. And then people started to realise that they wanted to move further out of London, and they were able to. Um, and so coming to this area... Um, and of course we are the Blackheath and Bromley Harriers, so we're a Harrier club, which is all about you know really cross-country running. I mean, people know us for our success on the track and field, but the club really has some wonderful cross-country courses um, around uh, the fields surrounding uh, the West Wickham and, and Coney Hall area. Um, so it does have um, a reasonable amount of history here. And in fact, I mean, this another thing about, you know, pe and people will know this being in Bromley. One of the interesting things about um, having to get the, the planning in place for this development was that we had to have a survey done to check for unexploded bombs because, of course, we're so near Biggin Hill. I can see Chris Hilditch uh, just joining us, one of the trustees. Hello, you can join us um, do, do step in I'm, I'm not going to stop <laughs> right, you, you, would you like to introduce yourself though I'll just, uh, yeah hi I'm Chris Hilditch I'm uh, a trustee at Blackheath and Bromley and uh, 
and heavily involved in the new development. Well, thank you for introducing me to Nick as well. Which oh, I think, uh, you yes, did of course. A while ago. Nick's our main man. He's a, he's our man, our face of the club. Well, thank you for arranging such nice weather for it. Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? I must say, track's looking great. And uh, it's a shame that the stills are delayed at the moment, which is just holding us up for a month. But uh, but everything else is on course. All the groundworks are done, so we're, we're very very excited about the whole thing. I must say. Well, I'm going to go back briefly to uh, Nick for a question I was going to ask him, which was, um, apart from that very lengthy history, there's some very new history going on with this development, which we spoke about earlier on. Seven years in the making? It is seven years in the making. Of course, Chris has been absolutely, uh, had first-hand involvement in that through the entire process. Um, We've finally got it, you know, into the ground, as he said, the groundworks is done. Um, before this time, uh, the track was owned um, by the London Borough of Bromley. Um, we have made a commitment as a club to take a 150-year lease on the site, and that's significant given our 150-year history. Um, so we have that line of sight, and I think we could demonstrate that to the council because we have a real commitment to this track, to the people of the community, um, and to athletics in the area. And we definitely wanted to see this continue because the impact of Blackheath and Bromley, it goes so much wider than Bromley. I mean, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, we, we had great success this weekend at the Kent County Cross Country Championships, but we also had one of the winners um, in the Middlesex uh, Cross Country Championships as well. We attract athletes from all across London. Um, and I think it's really important because it gives such a a good set of, um, of opportunities for youngsters in particular. Over half our membership um, are made up of young athletes, um, boys and girls, who are training together, you know, round about from the age of, of 11, 12 they come here. Um, we do have younger programmes such as the Bees Academy that are attached to the club. Uh, where people can come in from... I'm trying to think, Chris, what age is that? From around about, um, age five? about five, five years up until 11. And then, uh, and then of course, they can, they can join the club after they're 11. So. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's very, very um, significant, I think, that, that impact. And what I note, I mean, I've had a number of children come through the club, and Chris has as well, is that because the kids become so... Um, committed to the sport and they enjoy it so much they start to become really great organization uh, organizers of their own time because you know they don't want to miss training they don't want to miss the competition opportunities and so they start to excel in their academics because they are doing the homework because they don't want mum and dad to say well you've not done your homework you're not going down the track and they become phenomenal organizers um, so, you know, it's, it's not something I can, you know, demonstrate. I don't sit there tracking A-level results, but I can tell you um, I'm very pleased with the performance of the, of the youngsters that come here. And a significant thing that's happened in recent years is that a lot of our young athletes are managing to win scholarships um, to the United States to study over there, just on the back of um, their, uh, their athletics performances. So it really is a, a sport that can open doors, and it's opening doors for you know the people here in Bromley and the wider area. Well, you've also got some uh, very big headline people that are associated with this uh, location. So Dina Asher-Smith, uh, Adam Jamili, uh, Holly Arnold, 
and I'm sure you can name me quite a few more, including on the Paralympic side of things. Well, Holly, of course, is, a, is our main uh, para, uh, Paralympic mm. uh, star. Um, so she's a javelin thrower, uh, managed a bronze this time. Um, actually, all the way through to the very last throw was in, in the gold medal position. Um, but she's, uh, she's a really uh, a great athlete. Um, we do have, um, I mean, you know, they are the main headline stars of the club, no doubt. But there's a lot of success um, coming through uh, from the youngsters. And youngsters start sort of finding their niche very quickly within the club, those that, that really do progress this elite level, uh, elite level. And there is a pathway, you know, through the, the county representation, um, both in the county proper and also in the county schools, there's a selection process as well. Um, and that leads to um, England selection um, as well for the schools international. Um, this year we had the Manchester International, um, which saw us, uh, I think, send around about 20 of our young athletes that all had um, international selection from Great Britain um, through to England and some for, some for Scotland as well. Um, so there is a lot of uh, success and on the, on the para-athlete uh, side we have people like Prince Reid um, who is uh, a T45 athlete um, doing very very well in the distance um, races as well so there's, a, there's an ongoing process within the club um, but it's all done on the back of uh, volunteers you know, this is not some kind of professional sort of sports outfit um, you know people are giving their time um, to really build a platform of success for these athletes and you know that can be obviously in the form of coaching but officials are very very important to us because you can't athletics is a sport where everything is judged everything is recorded everything has to be done properly um, you know there are regulations in the sprint races about the wind speed and so on you know the long jump you have to be there behind the board and someone has to make sure that that's you know that takeoff is correct and also that the you know the, the sandpit is correctly you know raked afterwards um, so we have a lot of volunteers um, helping out as well um, and that really provides you know the platform as I say to the to the athletes that do so well. well I noticed also that at the other end of things you have veterans we do, yes. I mean, this is, I say, you know, half of the, of the club are youngsters, um, but we have people carrying on competing, um, you know, right into their 60s and 70s. Uh, we have a tremendous international athlete, Helen Godsell, has a number of world records to her name. Um, she's very, very good. Um, the old uh, track manager, as was Ken Daniel, uh, an international athlete <laughs> that's getting a smile from Chris but we can't we can't not Ken um, very very talented um, and that's the, the great thing too is that people are enjoying their athletics for longer and longer um, and to be quite honest that has an impact on our volunteering because a lot of the time you would have expected uh, these people to have made the transition to officials to coaches but they're not they're still running around enjoying it you know still throwing things still jumping over things um, and the cross country as well, um, you know, if you look at the club races, we have a very long standing tradition in the club um, of having handicap races where everyone's times are adjusted according to their ability. And there is a dedicated, well, there's a number of dedicated handicappers in the club who are recording everyone's times and making assessments before each race as to what kind of um, head start people would have in the cross country races. And in fact, that was a feature um, of the track. If you look back at the, the history of, of, what, of probably our most 
Um, I mean, obviously, we can talk about Dean Rasher Smith and Adam Jamili, but the, the, the club's greatest athlete was a chap called Sidney Wooderson. Have you heard of Sidney? I have, having had a look at the uh, historic website. Yeah, so Sidney um, really uh, was a tremendous athlete, known as the Mighty Atom, um, and he was, uh, he was the world record holder um, at the mile, I believe, the 1500. I'm not sure if he had the 800 as well. Um, but he was, you know, really the generation before um, the likes of Roger Bannister. And it was felt that he would have achieved a four-minute mile if it wasn't for the Second World War. But a lot of the races that Sydney did, you know, really well at, um, and that attracted crowds, were the handicap races on the track where people would be you know, set off at different times on the track for these distance races. And the real skill in handicapping is trying to get everybody to cross the finish line at the same time. Well, I'm, not, I'm, loving, <laughs> I'm loving the thought that if I come here uh, with Adam Jamili and if I have a fabulous day and he has an absolute stinker, I could beat the guy. <laughs> I, I, I think so. If we started you on the 10 metre line, perhaps. <laughs> yes, that, that's about it. <laughs> Right, well that obviously wasn't the, the full works interview because we were there for some time. Uh, as I did with Kevin Clifton, I'm going to edit a standalone version of this, which is actually very good for the listeners because it means they can focus in on the Absolutely. one topic for yeah, the time. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful. I mean, it, you know, we're getting so much information and great stuff from all these different interviewees, aren't we? I wish I actually had this podcast myself over the last few years. I'd have learnt more things about where I was already. It kind of <laughs> indicates why we're doing it from a personal point of view. So we're going to go into the news now. So what's happening in the news? I did promise to do another of them after affirmation. Now... I think my, my bracelet would <laughs> sound a little bit better. It's more jingly. Okay. <laughs> We obviously invest in our sound effects in this show. Um, <coughs> right, the Orpington Local Magazine, there's an, we talk about Life in Orpington Magazine uh, every so often, mm. and the upcoming Life in Bromley Magazine, which goes out in February and first issue is officially dubbed the March issue, so people can look forward to that soon. But one of the local magazines, which uh, there's some of them which are, are basically largely adverts, mm. okay? And I was looking at the new edition, issue number 19, of the Orpington Local at the mm. weekend, which had popped through our door, and I was getting depressed because it was 100% adverts. Aha. That is until you get to page 30, at which point, for some reason best known to Colin Head, who writes the thing, uh, you've got Local Football Roundup. Okay. And uh, I'm going to read a bit of that, because uh, there's two pages of it. He refers to uh, Bromley versus South End, where we went to on Boxing Day, and we did a, yep. a bit of um, box pops from the from there uh, in an earlier show and he also said that it was live on BT Sport uh, TV I didn't realise it was live no I didn't, I didn't either there particular cameras around the place so there we go I, I hope they got your best sides in <laughs> all uh, my sides are best that's very true actually <laughs> yeah. um, anyway yeah so we did we did that but he also talks besides about uh, Bromley who won in the FA Trophy I think it was at, mm -hmm. at the weekend incidentally um, and he talks about Cray Wanderers, who have been struggling mm. a bit. Holmesdale football, which I've not heard of myself. Mm. Farnborough Old Boys, okay. which is interesting. I wonder how old that is. <laughs> you have to no be 70 idea. feet to remember. No, it must refer to Farnborough as a school or something. I would well, there, there is the Farnborough school down the mm. road, isn't there? So it's probably, it's probably it. that one. We'll look into it. Uh, anyway, he goes on to say, 
If you fancy a game of football and your usual team isn't playing, why not try an afternoon watching one of your local teams? A warm welcome is guaranteed. It's fantastic value for money and you will be pleasantly surprised. And I thought that was rather a nice inclusion uh, in, in that one as well. Right, okay, spot it on social. Um, I've got a couple of other things in terms of the news, oh, if I may. So uh, the first one is that I just wanted to advertise my Mindset Matters show oh, on that? Channel Radio 2. No, no, no. But I have the Bromley Mayor, Councillor Russell Mellor, coming on it live in the studio on the 28th of January. So do tune in for that. Oh, hopefully you end up in his newsletter then. Hopefully. As, as I'm hoping. So that will be fantastic. And also, in terms of news, on the 8th of February, there is Every Breath uh, Lung Cancer Support. They are holding a quiz night in Farnborough Village. Yeah. So and do come and join um, us there. That's it's, run by local people as well, isn't it? It is, yes. By uh, Nikki Barclay, Emma Barclay, his um, wife, and then lots of other people around who um, work at the Pru, like Nikki, um, Nikki as well, she, uh, De, De Lobo, I think her name is, the surname, I quite, can't, can't quite pronounce it, but yes. I'm looking forward to the um, Priory Live Festival, incidentally, that Nikki um, runs. Yeah. Because um, they've got scouting for girls. And I know, we saw it's going to be fantastic. Last, Absolutely fantastic. Yes, we've had a head start on that. <laughs> right, back to the Spotted On Social. Yep. I found one um, which has kind of popped up after being a bit dormant, and that is West Wickham Village Day, at Wickham Day. And they say, we're back, in capital letters. I'm delighted to be planning this year's West Wickham Village Day on the Bank Holiday, 2nd of May, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Kids Fun Dog Show. Well, that's going to guarantee my attendance, even though I don't have a, go- <laughs> a dog to go watch. Performers, Food and Bar. So that was good. Another one, the Three Hounds Beer Co. Uh, at Three Hounds Beer. They've said comedy at the Beer Cafe, which turns out to be near Clockhouse Station. I was looking up on the map. Mm. Uh, we are back. So that's two lots of things that are back in one go. Uh, two nights of great comedy at your friendly neighbourhood bar. Tuesday 8th February, Wednesday night February. Tickets are now on sale and the links can be found in the bio. And you get multiple comedians on those nights. I Brilliant. Mm. Uh, and actually the Spotted on Social sounds a bit like the What's On, doesn't it? Mm, it does indeed. This one was an interesting discovery to me. I didn't really realise that the Begin Hill Memorial Museum it's obviously a memorial museum to do with the wartime uh, air yeah. base, has uh, a series of events uh, which can be found under uh, bhmm.org.uk slash events. And on the 3rd of February, they have an afternoon talk, which I might well go to, with Ziggy Shipper, who's a Holocaust survivor. Ooh. And I, I think um, That's gonna the, be amazing. the dwindling number of those people really need to be listened to and uh, indefinitely. Um, so that's one good one. Another, <clears throat> Waterstones in Bromley. Uh, this is up your street a bit, actually, Z. Wednesday night of February, between 6 and 8 p.m., uh, a rescheduled thing, which is Michelle Elman in conversation with Megan Crabb. Uh, join Michelle Elman as she talks about a new book, The Joy of Being Selfish. Megan Crabb, she sounds awfully familiar. Uh, um, I'll tell you why about that. In conversation with Megan Crabb. Megan Jane Crabb, having looked her up, is the social media star known worldwide as Body... Can you say that? Body where? Where are it's you? It's in the middle of my little... Uh, body Posse Panda. Body Posse Panda. I think you did brilliantly there. 
Catching me off guard. No, I've sacked you before. Well, you've just had a pay rise. And the only trouble is we don't pay get rise? Paid anyway. oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> which, which scene are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'll get you an espresso martini for that one word pronunciation. Oh, right. Anyway, so tell me a bit about her. An anorexia survivor, anti diet enthusiast. I sympathise with that. And believer in fat acceptance and intersectional body positivity. There's a few words mm. I've come across. Her number one best-selling debut book, Body, body Positive Power, has taught thousands of women how to stop dieting and make peace with their bodies for good. You know, that's really interesting because more and more now we are hearing, and I think it's really good, about stop dieting or try not look at dieting and look at what you are eating more and look deeper into your gut and all of these different aspects because that is actually fundamentally what will help you to uh, be healthier and possibly lose weight. So rather than doing all these crazy diets that are out there. Well, that sounds like a, a pretty mm. interesting one. I looked up Goodreads as well uh, and to see what the reviews were of the book. And uh, one I'm going to pick out, what's up with the title, The Joy of Being Selfish, it says. Mm. Well, sometimes you need to just say no for your own mental health. If you never get any what do I me keep time, saying? yes, I say much the same thing. Right. <laughs> uh, any me time because you are constantly fulfilling the needs of others. This is a book you must read. So what's going to happen now is I'll invite Z to do the show with me next week, and she won't turn up. She's like, no, I'm trying to be selfish now. <laughs> I'm looking after my mental health. No. Right. Well, this is the end of the show, or could be unless I get interrupted. Uh, now, Darren, we're in tune, PR, www.intunepr.co.uk. Oh, God, I can't even get it out, uh, pronounced right. Try End again. Show Slow fail. down. Deep breaths. Thank you. www.intunepr.co.uk. And can you manage it any slower for your ones? Well, there you go. You did it. See? Back to the robotic thing again. We started with a robotic sound, we're ending with a robotic sound. I thought it was sexy. <laughs> okay, ooh la la. No. It's not the life in my men, it's the men in my life. No, it's the other way around, the May West thing, isn't it? I have no idea. No, it's not the men in my life, it's the life in my men, she used to say. Oh, that, now that sounded voice. very sexy. Men. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so my name is Zenat Narani. Oh, Vida della Maricopa. Oh, <laughs> Vida della Maricopa. So Take your own lesson. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on www.zenatnarani.com. And thank you. What should we buzz out with this week, do you think? Should we come up with a tune? We Anything are the champions. Oh, okay. Yours is better than mine. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you and good day. Good day.